Hi there, and welcome to the Simply Living for Him podcast. I'm Karen DeBuse from Simply Living for Him. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Simply Living for Him podcast. On this podcast, I talk about all things simple, whether it's life out here on our little hobby farm or how I keep things simple in my homeschool. And really, I just like to talk about Jesus most of all, because I truly believe that the remedy to clutter and chaos is Jesus. The more we desire Him, the less we desire the things of this world, and the more naturally we will want to simplify our lives. So today I wanted to focus a little bit actually on homeschooling. So we're going to do another homeschooling episode, and I'm going to share with you all my favorites. We've been homeschooling for 12 years, and I'm going to share with you from preschool all the way on up to high school the things we love, the things that have helped us the most, and um, I'm excited about that. So before we get started, I wanted to say thank you to our podcast sponsor, Apologia. Please visit them at Apologia.com. They are an amazing wealth of information for homeschoolers. They have amazing curriculum. I also wanted to let you know they are having an online conference next week, and you can go over to the Facebook page for Apologia and check it out. They are going to have awesome conference speakers. This is all online. It's Thursday, February 15th from 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. So all day long, you can go via Facebook Live on their Facebook page. Um, and they're going to have people like Rachel and Davis Carmen. They are the owners of Apologia. I absolutely love listening to them. Rachel Carmen is one of my favorite homeschooling speakers. She is so encouraging. Um, Joe Tyler, Zan Tyler, Jeannie Fulbright, um, Deborah Bell. There are so many. So I want you guys to check that out. This is the time of year when we really need to sort of get that little boost, right? And what better place than to go to a homeschool conference online. So you can sit in your pajamas all day if you want, have your coffee. You don't have to worry about finding a sitter. This is amazing. So all day long, go over there for encouragement. You can see the full conference schedule at homeschool-101.com slash conference. Also go to the Apologia Facebook page. I'm sure you'll find all the information there. So check that out. Um, so that is really exciting because I just, um, I like I said, we did a podcast episode just recently about the winter doldrums. So I love this idea of an online conference um, where you can just get that little boost you need right from the comfort of your own home. So today we're going to talk about my very favorites and what things that I have found over the years, and you'll hear about Apologia because they're one of my favorites, um, what things I have found over the years that I absolutely love and that I would recommend and, you know, things that have really helped us over the years. Um, So we'll talk about curriculum and we're also going to talk about just some of my favorite little tips or helps um, or encouraging books that I found over the years. Um, One more thing to tell you about also, take advantage of the Phonics Museum is still offering all of my listeners and my readers a free two-week trial to their Phonics app. It's phonicsmuseum.com slash simply. You can download a free trial um, of their app, which they say you can have your child reading in just four weeks. I've used the app and it is is really cool. It's multi-sensory, it's engaging, and I probably would have this on my list uh, of my favorites if I had this back when mine were young, because I know that teaching my kids to read was a struggle. 
And I know it seems like something so easy and natural, but reading to me was scary to teach them. And I would have loved this app, particularly for one of my children who actually had difficulty learning to read. So I was really excited to find this app and be able to share that with you guys. So you can not only get a free trial, you'll get a whole bunch of free downloads of eBooks and activities and things like that. So go check out the website, phonicsmuseum.com slash simply. Thank you to the Phonics Museum for offering that up to our listeners. Um, So today, let's start with my favorites. We're going to go all the way from preschool on up to high school. I don't know if you guys realize, but I have right now, besides preschool, I have one in each of the schools. I have an elementary age. I have a middle school age. And actually, I have two high schoolers right now. So I've got one foot, although that would make three feet, because I was going to say one foot in each grade level, one foot in each door, but there's three uh, different kind of levels of schooling going on in the Debuse household right now. And the only um, age I am not homeschooling at this moment is preschool. So we have learned a lot over the years. We have, I would say, tried a ton of curriculum. And I know you guys out there are probably in that same boat. I was a curriculum junkie in the beginning. I went and like bought everything that looked good and made a lot of mistakes. But now we've found our groove over the years and it's a lot easier. So I want to sort of just tell you about what worked for us and why, but by no means does that mean that it will work for you or this is what I think you should buy. I'm just merely sharing our story and what works and what's been the most helpful and my very favorites over the years. I will also link as many of the things as I can in the webpage for this podcast episode. As you know, you can always find the podcast episodes right there on Simply Living for Him. I do a webpage for each episode, and they have notes and graphics and um, links that I mention in the podcast. So if you find this on iTunes or if you find this over on SoundCloud or wherever, whatever app you listen to on podcasts, um, you can go to Simply Living for <laughs> simplylivingforhim.com and you can find each podcast episode right there on the blog. So I will link as many of the products as I can right there in the blog post for this. So let's go starting with preschool. Now I technically never homeschooled preschool because my kid, well, no, I shouldn't say that. I did. I was going to say in the beginning, I have four kids, as most of you guys know, if you've been listening for a while or following me on the blog, we started homeschooling 12 years ago. I will not go into the story, but if you don't know it, you'll want to go listen to the episode called An Unlikely Homeschooler. We have a really interesting story about how we started homeschooling. So we started homeschooling right from the beginning. My kids have never been to public school. The only school they did go to was preschool at our church. But now that I think about it, they didn't all go. (laughs) So I did homeschool preschool uh, technically when my youngest was preschool age. He actually never went to preschool because at that point I was like, why? (laughs) We're homeschooling. He can just be home with us. So the older ones did go to preschool and then... Ethan, my littlest guy, who is now nine, did not. So I did technically homeschool preschool, but you know what? The reason I didn't really think about it as like a favorite curriculum or resource for preschool is because we didn't have any. (laughs) I shouldn't say we didn't have any. We had nature. We had outside. We had books. We had going to to the park. We had field trips. We had cooking in the house. We had sitting in while I read, you know, read alouds to big brother and sister. And so that was his preschool 
curriculum. And I do not recommend a curriculum for preschool really at all. But if you feel you have to, I know like many of you will say, but my child needs it. They need the structure. Um, you know, there's a lot of great things out there, but I would say the smallest amount possible if they really, if you, if you, I don't know if they really need the structure in the worksheet. Sometimes I think mom (laughs) sort of feels that they do. If you really do feel that way, you know, like one worksheet a day, maybe a coloring page or something like that. But honestly, I think the best curriculum for a preschooler is their mom. Honestly, I can't get much more simple than that, right? We could do a whole entire podcast episode about simplifying preschool. In fact, I probably should in the future. But um, just, you know, briefly, I think a mom willing to sit and engage with her child is greater than any preschool curriculum out there. A child at that age right then is looking up to their mom, is, you know, wanting everything. You are their world, you know, enjoy it now because then teenage years come and it gets harder. (laughs) You're not going to be their world anymore. Um, so, and that's nothing against teenagers. I absolutely love having my teenagers, but it's different. It changes, you know, it's not that little three-year-old looking at you like you are just the best thing ever. So they want nothing more than for you to engage with them and answer all their questions, right? We all joke around about how much preschoolers ask questions, but that's their curriculum, right? That They're using their natural God-given God-given um, desire and curiosity that he has inborn in them. And that is the way they will learn at that age. God installed a little curriculum right inside their hearts because they want to know everything. And he supplied the one who can help them to know the world around them. You know, we, in our culture, really, we really push the preschool and they have to get ahead and they have to know this and they have to know that. Oh, no, no, no. I don't believe that one bit. I believe at that age, they are so young. We are not trying to put them in competition with everybody else. And there is plenty of time for all that later. So like I said, I'm going to get into a whole new podcast episode if I go on too much about this, but because I really could. And I think I will, but on a different episode. (laughs) But I really believe that if you are to engage with your child every single day, look them in the eye connect with them, build a relationship with your preschooler, point to God in every single thing. At this age, they are a sponge. And when the most important person in the world is looking at them and engaging with them and looking them in the eye and answering all their questions, and then that very important person is telling them about the most important person in the universe, God, You are building their foundation. You are opening up their mind to the awe and the wonder of God. So you have a huge job as as a mom for a three-year-old. You don't have to worry about putting it into a curriculum. Just simply answer their questions. When they ask you why a million times, think of it as this is their homeschool curriculum. Answer their questions. When you're outside playing, when you're on a nature walk, when you're cooking, baking, just engage with them. Explain what you're doing. Talk about it. Point out colors. Point out shapes. Point out numbers. Point out God in everything. Turn over a rock and look at the bugs. Lay in the grass and look at the clouds. Lay in the grass and watch the birds. Right now it's snowing and icy here. We can't lay in the grass and do anything, but we can certainly 
get outside, look at the snow. Oh my goodness, one of the recent snowstorms we had, you could literally see, it was like that kind of snow where you look closely and you could see every single snowflake. It was so gorgeous and so beautiful. What preschooler, a three-year-old at that age wouldn't just go berserk, right? Looking at things like that and having mommy describe about snowflakes. Then you could go inside and look up on the internet about snowflakes. You could talk about snowflakes all day long and then you can point to God in it all. So there is so much you can do in preschool, merely just engaging with your child. You are the curriculum, right? I don't want to make it sound like you have this huge responsibility, but honestly, there's no greater teacher, no greater curriculum than you and you pointing to God. So that is my favorite preschool curriculum right there. No other fancy stuff. Go to the library, get books, engage with your child, build a relationship with your child, point to God in every single thing. Do not make it bigger than it needs to be. Then, you know, you have the elementary ages, Um, And we were even like slow starters with kindergarten with, you know, I didn't have a big, huge formal curriculum for the younger ones. Older ones, different story because I was a new homeschool mom and I thought I have to do exactly what the schools do. And I even had the chalkboard that first year and I did the flags, made her do the flag salute, you know, by herself and (laughs) did all the little schooly things in the calendar and what's the weather today and like all these silly things. And then, you know... It's because what I had in my mind of what school was supposed to be. But over the years, we've sort of gotten a little bit more relaxed with kindergarten, sort of an extension of preschool, but then adding in a little bit more formal, you know, practicing writing your letters, practicing spelling, and just lots and lots of reading. Read, 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 read. Um, And then as they get older, you know, of course, each year adding in a little bit more. Right now we're in third grade as my youngest. And right now this year has been his first really, I would say, more full year, more formal year, where he even did a little report this year. And it was very basic. Don't think I'm like super homeschool mom or anything like that, or he's super homeschool student or anything like that. It was just basically, he wanted to learn about wolves. We got books out about wolves. We read books for weeks about wolves. And then he went and I let him print out pictures from the internet and cut them out and paste them into a little book and um, photocopied some pictures from his wolf books. And, you know, he wrote a few facts about his wolves and then he was able to present it to the family one night. So that was the extent of his report. That was, so that was, this is our first really more formal year. I mean, we've done math since kindergarten. We've done reading and little phonics workbooks. We love, okay, so that'll I'll tell you my favorite, favorite that I've used with all four kids for phonics is Explode the Code workbooks. That's how all my kids pretty much learn the basics of reading. Um, like I said uh, in the beginning of this episode, the phonicsmuseum.com slash simply, you can get that phonics app, which I wish I had back then. Um, it, it's just a really great tool. So you should download your free trial and check it out if you have um, little ones learning to read. I did not have it when mine were learning to read, but looking at it now, I sort of wish I did. Um, But we used Explode the Code. We used... um a lot of Sandy Queen resources when they were little for language lessons, the language lessons for little ones workbooks, and then there's language lessons for elementary age. We used all those straight through till middle school, and I really enjoy those because they're light. They're very Charlotte Mason style. They're not too much. They're short and easy lessons, but they are thorough. So we use those for elementary Um 
for learning to read and for language arts. I also incorporated math. I did not do formal math in kindergarten. We did counting and pointing out things and shapes and, you know, kind of like our own math. But um, first grade, we um, used Matthew C for all of my kids for first grade. Um, And we used that actually up until this year. We used it every year of our homeschooling. And now we're on year 12. Um, And we have finally switched to something else or a few other things, which I'll get to in a minute. But when they were younger, Matthew C was fine. However, I will tell you that we started for third grade this year. So I don't know for first or second or kindergarten or anything. We just started with the third grade math, um, master books, living, gosh, now I can't think of the name, living math, is it? Um, you'll find it. Just go on master books. It's their math. Um, I will put the links in the podcast episode webpage. I think it's called living math. Yes. Um, very Charlotte Mason style. It works really well for my third grader. It's a little bit now we're about, mm, I don't know, 80 lessons in, 90 lessons in. It's getting a little bit where I feel like it's almost jumping around a lot or it's kind of like building a little too much, whereas Matthew C was a lot of repetition because it was more of the master method where this one is more spiral. Um, But with this particular child, it's working very well. I'm not sure if it would have worked well with some of my other learners, but he's doing great with it. And it's actually, one of the things that's very different about it is it does uh, multiplication and division at the same time. So like you'll learn all your multiplication by threes, and then you'll learn all your divisions. Matthew C is very different. Third grade was all focused on multiplication and then division was in fourth grade. So that's a little different. And I wasn't sure how I felt about it, but I feel like for this particular child, it is fine and it works. Um, and he's doing great with it. So I highly recommend looking at it. I don't want to recommend anything for your family for your child because I don't know <laughs> how your family, uh, how your children learn. You know, that's completely uh, unique to your family. But these are the things that are working for us and what I have found to be my favorites because so many people email me all the time and ask me, you know, what's what do you recommend for this and what do you recommend for that? So here is a podcast episode where I'm just sort of going through what I recommend or what we've used and what has worked well for us. So Matthew C. always worked well, again, 12 years now, and we switched over for elementary to um, the living math, the master books, really just started with third grade. And so far, we really, really like it. Another... Um, curriculum that has stuck with us through and through for almost our entire homeschooling career is our science, and that is Apologia. And we have used that um, most of our homeschooling years. Very early on, I tried some other things with my daughter early on, um, but we started using Apologia, I would say, probably in second grade. Um, you know, they have the... Uh, Exploring Creation, uh, the series that goes up to sixth grade, and we used all of them. So we've done all of those at some point in our homeschooling career, always loved them. What I love is that I can just sort of, well, at least for us, how we used it. We didn't like follow any certain schedule. We just read the book. And when you got to the little, you know, try this at home, they were always easy. That's what I loved. They were easy and practical, yet the kids loved them. I didn't have to like 
you know, have all these crazy ingredients on hand. And sometimes I got caught off guard if I wasn't organized and I didn't look ahead to see what we would need. And I'd say, oh, we don't have a balloon. I can't do this. Or, But if you look ahead and you, and you, and you make sure you have this stuff in the house, it can be just easy as anything. So I liked it because it's in depth. It, I liked it most of all because it's biblical and it points to God in every single lesson. And um, I liked it because it was easy on mom. So we would just read through the book. Some years we did not finish the book. Not afraid to admit that. Um, We did not finish the book. Some years we used the notebooks that you can get optionally with them. Some years we did not. We just read through it. So it's flexible like that. You can use it how you want. One thing I have learned over the years is that really shouldn't be so much stress about like science and history and all those things and how exactly you do it and doing it right and following every little thing to the letter, especially in those younger years. So, you know, but that's what worked for our family. I'm not telling your family what to do. That's between you and God. Pray about everything. Pray about all these decisions. Pray about curriculum. Um, So we've always loved Apologia for the um, elementary years. And the one thing we are doing this year a little bit different, we're using Apologia for the older ones, except the third grader, he absolutely loves animals. He wants to be, at first he wanted to be a vet. Now he wants to be a farmer, which I just adore. I love that. And um, he adores animals. And so for science, we're really just this year not really using any formal book. And Apologia would be wonderful to use because they have land animals. They have um, flying creatures. You know, they have these books that are specific towards animals. However, we're just taking it easy with him. And I just, every week, like I said, we did the eagle report. I'm not eagles. Why do I always say eagles? I think my other child did an eagle report once. Because even today I said to him, Something about his report. And I said, it's eagle report. It's a wolf report. So <laughs> I don't know why I have eagles in my head. So um, we did a wolf report and that was like his science for a couple of weeks there. We just read books every day about wolves. I have um, some really great books that I'm going to link in the the um, po- uh, the podcast uh, webpage for this. Um, these farm and nature kind of study books and they talk all about the animals in there and they're just beautiful books to look at. Um, And so we started reading today a book, um, Homestead Tales. It's like a whole series. Somebody had given it to me. And so we're just reading these books about animals. And he's always like on his own wanting to just look at books about animals. So I figure, hey, that's science. And we live here on this little hobby farm and he's got science going on all the time. He helps with the chickens and the ducks. So that's his science. Um, What else did I love for the elementary years? Let's see. Uh, I told you about Explode the Code. I told you about the science, the math. Oh, the history that we used when they were little, we changed that up a lot. When the elementary years, right now for history, we're using for the third grader um, another Master Books book, first year for us to use it. Um, It's America's Story, I think it's called. There's a couple different ones. There's like one, two, and three. We're loving it. Again, it's one of those books we're just like reading it at our own leisure. Some days I read more. Some days I read the whole lesson. Some days I read half, just depending on our schedule. And then we just talk about it. And sometimes we'll look at maps and we'll look at the globe. And we talked about Lewis and Clark. We looked a lot at the maps. I had them um, actually go and pretend they were Lewis and Clark one day and go outside after we read through the book and sort of reenact what we learned and go exploring in the woods. And they had to take a little notebook and pretend they were Lewis and Clark and writing down and sketching things. Um, 
So we're really just reading through this book. Again, I keep it pretty light and not so formal. I do not do like history tests and science tests when they're little, anything like that. I just want them to learn about their world, you know, and love it, love what they're learning and be interested in it. So um, we had used, when the others were younger in elementary school, we used the Truth Quest series, which I really liked. We used that for um, when we were doing like U.S. history, when the kids were little. Oh, and I just loved it for the pilgrims and the American Revolution. And we just loved using that resource. And it's basically just a list of... um, books and we would just go through the books that it recommended. And uh, then there would be little blurbs about different things. And it was just very easy for us in our style of homeschooling to use that. That was probably our favorite when the kids were little. We did also use Mystery of History one year um, and we, we liked it at the time, but I think I liked Truth Quest better. And I think I like what we're doing now, sort of just reading this book. Um, with, it's called America's Story. Oh, okay, for handwriting. Let me tell you my favorite for elementary is handwriting without tears. I did not use that with my first two kids, but with my second and, um, I mean, with my third and fourth, I have. We started that because I have a lefty, struggling learner who had really bad handwriting. (laughs) And so he was in probably fifth grade when I started him with it maybe even sixth grade. No, it was fifth grade when I started him with it. And, um, he was like, started like on the young books though. I started him way back just to sort of, um, help him because he was struggling and I saw how well it worked for that. So then I purchased it for my younger guy and now he's up to third grade and he's doing cursive and his cursive is beautiful. He's the only one who has really great cursive. (laughs) So I'm loving it. I love the workbooks. He loves it. Um, I highly recommend it. Right now we are on the last cursive book. He's in third grade and it's called Can Do Cursive, but he's done all the books up until this one. So I'm really, um, really pleased with that. That's one of our favorites. We also have enjoyed in the elementary years Sandy Queen workbooks. Like I said, um, you know what else we enjoyed in the elementary years and we still do? Read alouds and whiteboards two of my favorite homeschool things for elementary school. We use the whiteboard all the time for my little guy. He practices his multiplication on there. We use it when the kids are first learning handwriting to practice. We use it for so many things. I don't mean like a little whiteboard. I mean like the big one, you know, like the the big whiteboard, the jumbo. (laughs) So we use that. But then I just, I don't have it like hanging up anywhere. We just pull it out and then kind of tuck it behind the couch when we're done with it. Um, So that's another one, uh, another homeschool favorite of mine, a whiteboard and read alouds in elementary school. Did I say that already? Yes. Read alouds. Just reading with your kids. I mean, it opens up, number one, they're listening to good literature. They're listening to good language. They're listening to mommy read to them. Who doesn't love that? And you are able to have great discussions afterwards. So I love read-alouds, lots of read-alouds. Right now we're um, reading my uh, third grader and my seventh grader in the afternoon. They sit and they listen to me read. And we've gone through several different books this year. And we just have our reading time and I love it. 
And we've been using just a whole bunch of different books, mostly geared towards a third grader with the seventh grader listening in. But I try to pick books that, you know, they'll both enjoy. So lots of reading. Now let's move up to middle school age. Um, My very favorites for middle school age, I will say we always have used Apology of Science. um, And it changes a lot in middle school. So my daughter used it and my son, my two high schoolers now, they used it in middle school, but my daughter did great. My uh, son is a much slower reader and he's more thorough. Like he likes to write every single thing down and take notes, which is a great thing, right? And apology books are really in depth. And it took him, I will admit, two years to get through one of the middle school books. So um, they are great, but it really depends on your child and how challenging you want it to be for them. This year, I have a seventh grader who is a lot different in his learning style than my older, my other older ones. So I am not using it for him this year. What I have been using is from Master Books, and it's applied engineering, and it's super short lessons. And you, he reads like this little bit, like little, like it's hardly anything. And when I got it, I was like, what? <laughs> But I have to say, he's learning a lot. They have the, he reads that, and then he answers the questions. And I have him type out the answers to the questions on the computer. And that's been really helping him a lot this year. So normally, we would use Apologia. But because he, I know it would be way too overwhelming and too challenging that we you know, use our freedom in homeschooling of making a switch. So that's what I did this year. So we really do like that book so far. I, it's all about how you know, engineering has taken things from nature. Like you know, our, our scientists see nature's design, God's design, and then applies it to things that they use to help people. So it, it's, really, it's really cool and really interesting. And every day he's learning really cool facts. And it, most of all, it points to God and how he's just this brilliant creator. So I love it. Um, and math, we've always used Matthew C. Again, this year we came along with this struggling learner in middle school. And he would have been up to pre-algebra. And I felt like that was just a little bit scary. <laughs> So, um, again, we went to master books. It's like my new, uh, this year, it's our new thing. I guess we're trying a lot from there, but it's called principles of mathematics. And I talked about it on my Bible based homeschooling Facebook page in the beginning of the year on some live videos. And in the beginning of the year, I wasn't sure. I was like, did I make a mistake? Because some of it, I just thought this is even more complicated than I want it to be. But we pushed through and now I'm, I'm, loving that we picked this for him. It's working really well. It's going over all the things I want him to know. And it's from a very biblical point of view. It's teaching math from a biblical point of view. I would highly recommend checking that one out as well. So that's become a new favorite of mine, um, especially for this um, this one that le- my son that learns a little bit different than the others have. Um, and we're also using writers in residence this year for him for language arts. Usually in middle school, like I said, we've done um, Sandy Queen books. And another thing that is one of my favorite homeschool helps is a notebook and a pencil. No, honestly, every day they're required to write something, just something. And um, then I go over it with them and we'll make corrections and things like that. But every single day I have them write whatever they want to write about, just write something. Very easy. 
uh, homeschool help right there, a notebook and a pencil. <laughs> uh, let's see. We're also doing, he's also, my seventh grader is listening in on the um, America storybook with a third grader. So that's his history for the year. And um, other kids, what we've used for history at this age has been, um, I guess, I'm trying to even think back to when my others were at this age, what they used for history. I think we all always just did history together until high school. So it would have been Truth Quest or Mystery of History or something like that. Yes, that's exactly what it is. So um, this year, his history, and I must say, I, I do like all of those histories. I do. All of the ones I've mentioned. But I think Truth Quest was probably our favorite. Okay. Um, high school. Let's get to high school. High school has been interesting. I will definitely do a podcast all about high school in the future because I've had people request that, um, how to get even started in high school. And I haven't felt comfortable talking too much about it yet because we're not done with it yet. <laughs> and I'm certainly not an expert. We're halfway through 12th, uh, 12th, 11th grade. And next year is the big old senior year. And I'll probably cry. So I won't talk about that too much. But um, I will tell you some of the things that we have found over the past couple of years doing high school that have been our favorites. We started out for freshman year for my daughter with Ambleside Online, which was a good solid, as everybody knows, it's really good, um, program. But I think I should, if I was going to start with it, I should have just started with it when she was younger, kind of jumping in in high school. It was a lot for her and it was a lot of reading. And, um, some of the books, I mean, the books were amazing. They were really like high level books and, um, she liked it, but, I didn't want to keep going with it after that year because there were there were some issues, like I said, for us. I think if we had always done it, it would have been different, but to sort of jump in at ninth grade. So then last year we used sunlight and we're using it again this year and we will use it um, for all my others for high school as well. I was going to say we'll use it next year for senior year, but I think next year is going to look even much different because she might be doing dual enrollment and all that jazz. So I'm not going to talk about that yet. Um, but if she wasn't doing a dual enrollment, she would definitely be continuing with sunlight. Um, so we have enjoyed it very much. Now, I was not a fan of sunlight when my kids were younger because we tried it when she was in first grade and it was just it was we were in way over our heads. Um, but for a high schooler, it's wonderful because she now, like, I don't have any control over that schedule. I give her the schedule. She knows that what needs to get done, there's those five days, you know, and those need to get done by Friday. And she has complete control over that schedule. She knows that she has to do the assignments. She has to read the assigned reading. It was way too much for us when she was little, like first grade. I mean, it was just too much for us. And I know they say you can tailor the schedule to meet your own needs, but for me, it just made me feel like a failure <laughs> when I couldn't do the schedule. I'm not a failure now because she's got the schedule. She's in control of it. And if she doesn't do it, she's a failure. No, I'm kidding. If she doesn't do it though, you know, that's that's a way for her to learn that this is how you have to manage your time. And, um, and we are 
sometimes I, you know, there's times where we get really busy and I'll kind of alter the schedule a little bit. And she's actually worked hard to get ahead of herself in the schedule if she knows that we're going to be really busy. So it's been wonderful. I love all the books for the most part. There's been a few that I've taken out that I have told her she didn't have to read. Um, right now she's reading Moby Dick, which I don't know that she loves. She didn't, it didn't get off to a great start. Um, but I got her the cliff notes to sort of help her along and understand it more. And so I think, I think she's getting better with that. Some of the books though are fabulous. I mean, she, she has really liked sunlight. She last year told me that it was, you know, much better. She preferred it much better to Ambleside. She's, um, a really good reader and she likes to read. So it works well for her. Now my son, he's in ninth grade. He's also doing sunlight, but very somewhat, I will say sunlight somewhat because I have tailored it to, um, suit his needs. He's bright and he is smart and he is very thorough and he loves, um, he takes after Steve. He is a graphic design guru, and he will be on the computer all day on these crazy elaborate programs doing animation and all kinds of stuff. So reading to him takes a lot longer. He is not one to just sit down and read a book. I know that's like, you know what? Oh, he's a homeschooler. He doesn't just read all day long. No, that's not his thing. He, you know, doesn't want to just sit down and read a book. So Sunlight's a lot of books and a lot of reading. So I have taken a lot of the books out. I've given him like a select few and you know those are his assignments um and then he does the schedule for those as well in a very loosey goosey way so he's doing that for history he's doing that for um yeah for history basically mostly that's all yeah because he's also then doing um apologia science he's doing biology and we love apologia that's definitely one of our favorites um and he is doing i'm looking at my list here oh math the two of them for high school so we always used um matthew c like i said and this year we switched to mr d's online math um, they're doing it together, Algebra 2, and I don't want to say they like it because they don't like math, but I like it because he teaches them and they work together and they help each other to get the problems afterwards and they're learning. So I like it. They just don't like math, but it's working much better than Matthew C. So after what, like 11 years of Matthew C, we switched and that was okay. It was time to make a switch. Um, so those are our very favorites, I would say, curriculum that um, we have used over the years. And then I have some very favorites, like encouraging books. And I just wanted to mention those real quick. Educating the wholehearted child was probably like my homeschool Bible when my kids were little. It's where I got all my philosophies, my inspiration, my motivation, Sally um, Clarkson. So check that book out. It's been around forever. It was like a classic when I started homeschooling and that was 12 years ago. So it is definitely probably my number one, you know, um, book to recommend. My second number one book, my second number one, my second book. To, <laughs> I'm so silly. My second book to recommend would be um, Ruth Beechick and um, a biblical home education. And that really instilled our philosophy with, you know, we um, use the Bible basically as our core. And for an entire year, we actually use the Bible as our main textbook. And you can read all about that on my website, Bible-Based Homeschooling. But 
that really has um, set the foundation for me in realizing that God is the author of history and the author of science and the author of math and the author of all these things. And everything we teach should be from a biblical worldview. So those are my, you know, kind of like inspirational books. Another homeschool help that I highly recommend would be going to a Teach Them Diligently convention or any, you know, state convention in your area or something like that. But I, of course, I'm going to say one of my favorites is Teach Them Diligently convention because I speak there every year. And not just because I speak there. If I didn't speak there, I would absolutely attend these conventions as a homeschool mom. They are like homeschool revival. They are not just about academics at all. They are about the speakers there really are about, um, you know, being gospel centered, family centered, um, and really focusing on God. And they are just unlike other homeschool conventions, I think, in that, you know, the academics are important, but without God first and without a firm foundation and why we're doing what we're doing, we're going to have a really hard time on this journey. So they are very gospel-centered and family-centered, and that's why I'm thrilled to be able to um, speak at those conventions. So that would be another one of my favorite, you know, homeschool helps or something like that. And, you know, the other thing I would say is if you need homeschool helps and encouragement, Get together with other homeschool moms and pray for your kids, whether it's once a week, once once a month, whatever it is, get together. If you can't even get together, text each other and say, what can I pray for you today? How can I pray for you today? And really pray for each other. That's, I mean, a huge help in the homeschool years and something that I've done with friends that I couldn't imagine not having that prayer support. So I would um, totally recommend that as well. Yep, there's no great like book out there that I'm going to say this is what you should follow. You know, it's following God, following the Bible, surrounding yourself with other like-minded folks and um you know, walking this journey together with others. So this was probably a lot longer than the usual episode, but that's because I wanted to get all these wonderful resources to you. Um and again, I'm going to list as many as I can with links in the post for this um, episode. And then you can always go back there and check out these things. By no means am I saying these are the best and you need to use these. These are just what works for us. And if it works for you, that's great. But ultimately, follow God in your homeschool. Seek Him every single day. Pray every single day over your homeschool. Pray over your plans. If you're following Him, no matter what you choose, it will not be the wrong thing. So thank you again for joining me for this episode. I hope this was helpful um, in giving you some homeschooling um, favorites of ours. And if you have favorites, let me know. Comment on the Facebook page, comment on the blog post, let me know what your favorites are, and then maybe I'll learn something. Um, and also, like I said, I'll be speaking at the Teach Them Diligently conventions. They're starting in just four weeks in March. I'll be speaking um, in Nashville. I'll be speaking in Rogers, Arkansas, Atlanta, Georgia, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And then I will also be speaking for the Thrive Conference in North Carolina. And that is the end of May and first weekend in June. I will be speaking there in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. You can go to my website at simplylivingforhim.com, click on speaking, and you'll see where I'm going to be. Also, the Simply Living for Him retreat, which is not just for homeschoolers. It's for any mom at any stage at 
of life to join us this summer in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. We're going to be seeking Jesus in a gorgeous setting in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. You can find all the information at simplylivingforhim.com slash retreats. Also, don't forget to check out Apologia next week on their Facebook page on Thursday, February 15th for their online conference, which runs all day from morning till night. They're having amazing speakers at this time of the year to help encourage you in your homeschool journey. And don't forget to check out phonicsmuseum.com slash simply for your free trial for the Phonics Museum um, app. So I think I got it all in. That was a long one. So thank you for listening. And again, if you're listening on iTunes, I would appreciate it if you could rate and review this podcast because that helps get my message out there to more people. And I will see you next time. Um, And until then, I wish you blessings and joy.